Yo, 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 it is Super Bowl Monday, which means it's time for a Super Bowl week edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in Alice to talk everything Chiefs and Eagles, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Specking Sports YouTube page. We thank you for listening to this football season. We got one game left. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So joining us to this preview, Super Bowl 57 from State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. The only guy who could score a goal in, at Old Trafford, for meet Larry Zonka and catch a fifty and catch a fifty yard pass from Trevor Lawrence at the Pro Bowl game and doing ah. the Pro Bowl game. Who would that be? That must be you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you, Dylan. It's lovely to be here. I appreciate the lovely introduction as always. It's, I mean, it's it's so bittersweet, Dylan. It is Super Bowl week, which is so exciting. But at the very uh, flip side of that coin, uh, you know, it, it it means the end of football season until uh, God until August September. I mean, it is the longest off season in sports. It is the worst time of the year. It is a time that. I am just sitting there waiting for football to come back. But first, before we get to the offseason, of course, we have Super Bowl Sunday, and I can't wait to talk about it with you. Hey, you could wait until attack Kyrie Irving's ultimately traded, but that's another one another day. And so uh, this will be the fourth time the Super Bowl has been played in Arizona. Super Bowl 30 between the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers was played at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. But this will be the third time that State Farm Stadium has hosted the Super Bowl. And the two previous games were pretty darn, pretty darn good. Super... Alex, uh, you probably, uh, I think we all remember Super Bowl 42 when a certain, I'm not going to mention the last name, but he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with like the, with a crazy play that I, I, I don't even know how that happened 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'll say the name, Eli Manning, and he deserves some respect because, I mean, just the, the helmet catch is just, it was the happiest non-Miami Dolphins NFL play I've seen in my entire life. Um, obviously, you know, anytime Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are in the Super Bowl, I'm rooting against them, but that season uh, had some extra juice to it. So, uh, I mean... David Tyree, Eli Manning will forever be in Dolphins lore as, um, you know, the uh, the underdogs who went in and took a Super Bowl away from Tom Brady. So uh, definitely uh, fantastic memories there. And by the way, get this. Guess how many more catches David Tyree racked up in his NFL career? I believe that was his last catch of his career, wasn't it? Goose egg. It's not a bad way to uh, end an NFL uh, career, I'll tell you that much. As short as it may have been, I mean, he will be remembered forever. And then, That's about the Super Bowl. And then, seven years later, the Patriots and Seahawks played another classic game, and uh, Seahawks fans to this day are probably wondering why Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball on, what, the one or two-yard line. Yeah, well, talk about Malcolm, Well, Malcolm Butler... Malcolm Butler of all people. I've never even heard of him <laughs> until that night. Yeah, talk about um uh 
different sides of the coin when it comes to emotions as a, as a Dolphins not so neutral fan watching the Super Bowl. I mean, you got the one David Tyree catch of catch of his life to beat the Patriots, and all of a sudden you you flip the coin and and you see Marshawn Lynch not getting the ball at the one yard line. You see Richard Sherman's nostrils and his jaw dropped on the sideline as he realizes that Russell Wilson just threw away the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it, it, I mean, why didn't you run the ball? It's been a I mean, an absolute just mockery of of play calling of 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 last second decisions. I mean, it's it's gone down on the bad side of history uh, as far as the Seattle Seahawks and Pete Carroll go. But another classic. I mean, at the very least. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. Have two amazing Super Bowls in a stadium in the NFL's best stadium, where. No, nobody knows what's going to happen, and every play matters so much because you can either be the goat, or you could be the goat. And in some situations, Eli Manning emerged, and some plays you're probably wondering, as the as Vince Lombardi would say, "What the bleep's going on out here?" <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself, Dylan. But you know, it's it's. It's the Super Bowl. You know it's going to be history. You know that something crazy is going to happen, and that we're going to be talking about it for years down the line. I mean, decades down the line. It's that's that's the power of the Super Bowl. I can't wait to watch it. I mean, it's it's the ultimate show in the NFL and the ultimate show in sports around the country. So it's let's get into it. You know, we're talking about we've been talking about past Super Bowls so much this episode. Let's get into what we're all here to talk about. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs will be taking on each other in Arizona as we mentioned this Sunday. And Dylan, I want to know. I'm going to start with you. We're going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. What was one move? or as many really moves as you feel like really changed the Philadelphia Eagles trajectory to get them into where they are now representing the national football conference in the Super Bowl. Well, one, uh, how I, how we Roseman traded, traded Carlson once is beyond me because uh, I didn't think he could do it, but you know, the fact that not only did he get rid of that bad contract, but Jalen Hurts emerged became the starter and became and not just a dependable starter, but one the Eagles could win games with. And we've seen Carlson Wentz become oblivion with uh, Indianapolis and Washington. But I look at two moves in particular this year. One, the Eagles not just getting, but stealing A.J. Brown from the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. Because when I heard that on draft night, I'm like, how, how did Howie Roseman get A.J. Brown? I'm like, that is, A.J. Brown is exactly what the Eagles need. Because Devontae Smith, well, we all saw Devontae Smith win the Heisman Alabama. Dallas Goddard's a decent tight end, but the Eagles need a big play guy. Well, A.J. Brown, if you watch Tennessee t- roll the ball, which is like once every five, once every quarter seemingly with Derrick Henry, but A.J. Brown's a big play receiver. And by the way, who set the Eagles single season receiving yard record this season? Uh, AJ Brown. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's definitely. And, not, and yeah. the second move was, I think it was doing training camp, but they got a guy from your area, Mister Gardner. I think it's Mister Gardner Johnson. I don't know what his first name is. I can't remember. 
CJ Garner Johnson, thank you. CJ Garner Johnson from Cocoa Beach. Yep. Three, two, one, represent, baby. From this, from this, and a deal with the Saints. I mean, I mean, it seemed like the Eagles and Saints always make make deals, and it seemed like Howie Rolson got the better because Garner Johnson, before he got hurt, racked up what six interceptions, was playing at an unbelievable level, and in this game, I think Garner Johnson's going to have a huge play, whether he's running or, or in pass coverage, which I think the Chiefs are going to be throwing a lot on Sunday. Yeah, I definitely have to agree. And uh, thank you for the for for the local boy shout out. CJ Gardner Johnson went to Cocoa High School. The uh, very uh, the Cocoa Tigers, who have been a dominant force in Brevard County uh, high school football. I mean, they the amount of state championships they win. They ride. They're always going up against those big Miami schools. So it's it's not unusual to hear about a Cocoa High guy making it to the NFL, but. The fact that he's in the Super Bowl is uh, definitely some good representation for Brevard County, Countdown County. Uh, but on the flip side, I want to talk about the Chiefs. Is that all right? Time to time to move on to the Chiefs. I want to go with the biggest moves that got to the Kansas City Chiefs that got the Kansas City Chiefs to represent the American Football Conference. I mean, the first one, which was probably a questionable decision, as you can see, I am repping my Miami Dolphins. I, you have to start with the trade that the Dol- that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs sent Tyree Kill to the Miami Dolphins for a 2022 first, second, and fourth round pick, as well as a 2023 fourth and sixth round pick. I mean, you look at this trade and you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, and at the beginning of the season, you look at the rest of the AFC West, and you're like, what are they doing? Because we've seen the chemistry that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill have had throughout their both of their careers. We saw how dangerous Patrick Mahomes with his arm and Tyreek Hill's speed could be. And you take away a weapon from Patrick Mahomes that talented and, and with that unique of a skill set. And, and people were questioning the Chiefs. And, and I think rightly so when you really sit down and or when you really look at it at first glance but what the chiefs did is they proved that a patrick mahomes is the guy he is the mvp he is the best quarterback in the national football league b you don't need tyreek hill to make a super bowl to be the best team in the afc and c you just acquired what one two three four five draft picks for a guy, and you're still making the Super Bowl, the fact that the Kansas City Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill, brought in five draft picks to help them build for the future, and they're still in the Super Bowl, that just shows you how well-rounded of a team they are, how well-coached they are by Andy Reid, and just how good that number 15 really is. Because obviously you still have Tyree, you still have Travis Kelsey, and he is the best tight end in the league, bar none. It's not even close. But the fact that you're able to get rid of a player with the best skill set at wide receiver in the National Football League and still make the Super Bowl, it's a move that just shows you that the Kansas City Chiefs know who they are, they know what they're doing, and they're ready to build for the future. It's crazy that that one of the biggest dynasties we've seen in the NFL for the last in the, within the last decade is building for the future, and they're still in the Super Bowl. But that's exactly what they did with the Tyreek Hill trade. And. Also, the Chiefs need some young piece because with Pat Mahomes making his contract, there's no way the Chiefs could have paid Tyreek Hill what Miami's paying him. And right. look at what the Chiefs did. Drafted Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. 
George Carroll Walters, Sky Moore from Western Michigan. Then in the seventh round, finding Jalen Watson and Isaiah Pacheco. Let's see. Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes, Brent Veach, and the Hunts. That might be the best ownership, general manager, head coach, quarterback quartet in football. Absolutely. I don't even know if it's necessarily close. I mean, and I'm and I mean necessarily close in history. I mean, the only thing that I can really think of that would counter it would be, but it doesn't even make really, it's not even really fair to with that Patriots dynasty. Obviously, uh, Bill Belichick is head coach, Bill Belichick as um uh, GM and then Robert Kraft and Brady. I mean, that's definitely a pretty good, you know, competition when it comes to, when it comes to the, you know, when it comes to front office quartet, franchise quartets. But I mean, you, yeah, you, you mentioned the draft picks. You also got to think they made some notable signings in free agency as well. Uh, MVS was big in the AFC championship game. Exactly where I was going. Marcus Val- Valdez giving a really nice deep option for Tyreek or, or for, for, <laughs> For Patrick Mahomes, obviously he's not Tyreek, which is where I was going there for you, but he still had a very clutch, uh, specifically the playoffs. You know, you bring in JJ Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, you re-sign Chad Henney, who obviously as a Dolphins fan, I'm very familiar with the man, but I mean, he came in, he came up close through a touchdown pass in the playoffs when Patrick Mahomes got hurt. I mean, so you got to have- remind me, I'm still, I'm still PO'd about that. <laughs> and then my favorite- um, my favorite DraftKings uh, value running back, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, it they made <laughs> they made some moves. They you know Tyron Matthew they let go. It it, it really just seemed like you, it, it was a little tough to see what the Chiefs were doing at the beginning of the or in the off season, beginning of the season. But that just to- tells you exactly what you just said. That front that front four of that franchise know what they're doing. They know who they are, and they know what they want to do in the future. And I mean, it worked for them this season. It only looks like I mean, there's no reason to believe that they're going in, going away anytime soon in that AFC. And uh, you know, I mean, the AFC runs through Kansas City for until someone can prove them otherwise. Well, get this. You remember the Super Bowl in New Orleans where the Hallwell brothers face each other on opposite sidelines. Well, we're going to have history in this year's Super Bowl because there's not one brother facing each other. The Kelsey brothers are going at it. First time in Super Bowl history that they will be two brothers sharing the same field. Yeah. Now, yeah. Course, both guys have won a ring. I mean, the uh, Eagle Center won with the... Uh, Won it against New England a few years ago, and of course, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs beat the 49ers in Miami. Mm. I it's gonna be what I wonder what if mom's gonna have like a half Eagle shirt and a half Chief shirt. She does. I actually saw an interview with her the other day, and um, she she's got the jersey split. And one thing you just mentioned how they both have won a Super Bowl already. Uh, I was watching that interview. It was really interesting. She was saying the best thing that happened was that they both already won a Super Bowl. So going into this game, being the first brothers to ever play against each other in a Super Bowl, as far as actually playing goes, uh, she said it took a lot of stress off of her now that uh, considering the fact that they both have already won. Because, you know, that would have been tough. Obviously, it's going to be tough anyway, having to, uh, you know, console one of your sons who just lost the the biggest game in football, but the fact that they both already have a ring, it's got to make it a little bit easier. 
Yeah, and by the way, the uh, by the way, the Eagles Kelsey's also speculating kid. So I heard he's like he brought his doctor to Glendale in case yep. the, the wife goes into labor. Yeah, I saw that too. Jason Kelly, they're funny, man. I if you ever watch their podcast, the two of them, they uh they really have uh they make some good content. But um as far as as far as you know, the I mean we're talking about players playing the game, but um Andy Reid. I mean, we talk about two brothers as a storyline playing against each other, but how about Andy Reid revenge game? I mean, you've got the former, obviously, the uh, former head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, now coaching the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you, I mean, it's obviously kind of not as sexy of a story as the the two brothers going up against each other, but it's still a storyline that that people have been talking about, and uh, it's a little tough to have Andy Reid and sexy in the same sentence. But I somehow I can't it. believe you said Andy <laughs> Reid and sexy in the same sentence. You need to put a bratwurst or a hamburger on that. Yeah, I or mean, Kansas City a barbecue pork. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get some brownie points. I'm trying to get some of that barbecue myself. But um, you know, it's uh, I mean, what do you take from that? Obviously, you know, it's it 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 is a storyline that that is is worth talking about at the very least. I mean, it, it because if you think about it, Andy Reid was seemingly in the NFC Championship game every year with the Eagles. I think he coached in one, two, three, four. Five NFC Championship games only made only made the Super Bowl with the with the one year Terry Owens actually played for the Eagles, and you think in Philadelphia, Andy Reid was always a really good coach, but could never win the big one. Well, then you can't. Well, could you argue part of that was Don McNabb always shrunk in the big moment. He threw one. Three or four interceptions, and you could, and I'm not sure you remember, but I think you could see McNabb uh, puking on the field in Jacksonville doing the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know if he was feeling the pressure or feeling a little achy because the Patriots were coming after him. Yeah, that uh, you know, it definitely wasn't uh, wasn't his greatest showing when it came to Super Bowls or, or the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it could be. He needed more of his mama's Campbell's soup. Uh-huh. No, yeah, I, re- I remember that commercial. I remember that one. But, uh, you know, speaking of legacy, we're talking about uh, Andy Reid and kind of going through his, you know, career and, and, and all of his successes. I want to know if Patrick Mahomes wins this game, He's putting together quite the CV to, I don't know if rival Tom Brady is necessary. I don't think he's necessarily there yet, but he is sure etching his name in NFL lore. And I want to know what you think uh, if Patrick Mahomes can beat the Philadelphia Eagles and take and take home another Super Bowl trophy. What does that do to his legacy? Slow down, slow down, homie. I'm like, wait a minute. Hasn't Pat Mahomes only saw like five, five full NFL seasons? Yeah. I mean, are we are we already anointing Pat Mahomes as the goat of quarterbacks? I don't think. I mean, obviously, I'd love to uh, have someone other than Tom Brady standing on that throne, but or sitting on that throne. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is not there yet. It's setting himself up. I mean, he's got a long way to go before he can even start that conversation just because of the number of rings that Tom Brady has. But, I mean, from what we've seen in his short career so far, I mean, he, he's he's at least made the statement that 
If there's anyone in the NFL right now who has the potential, it's him. I'll say this. Andy Reid, Brent Feach, and Travis Kelsey, yeah, I think the Chiefs uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be in a few more Super Bowls. And unlike the New England dynasty of the 2000s, 2010s, that New England dynasty became annoying. It became it, it became stagnant. I mean, the Patriots became I don't, I don't know what adjective you could you could use. This cheap dynasty is not well. If it is the dynasty, it's not boring, right? I mean, we see Mahomes do funny things. We remember the play in Vegas where they spin around the world, do this, and then the Chiefs do fun things. Andy Reid's fun to root for. I mean, Bill Belichick's like. Yeah, and that's exactly the thing is when you think about that Patriots dynasty, the two figureheads are Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. You've got Bill Belichick, the man who never smiles, and then you've got Tom Brady who, I mean, he has a personality, I guess you can say, but there's just something about that face that makes me want to – it just makes me want to hate the guy. And, I mean, on the flip side, obviously Andy Reid. I mean, he's a walrus who likes cheeseburgers. I mean, how could you not love that? And then you got Patrick Mahomes, who, yes, he sounds like Kermit the Frog, but he's still got some personality as well. You just unfortunately have to deal with his brother. But, I mean, it's fun. It's exciting. It's it's a team that you can watch be successful and not just want to hate them, which is how – and I don't think as a Miami Dolphins fan – I mean, of course I'm biased uh, saying that when it comes to the Patriots and and Brady and Belichick, but – I know a lot of fan, a lot of fans of a lot of different teams around the NFL, not only fans of the AFC East, were sick of Tom Brady. We're sick of the New England Patriots and sick of Bill Belichick altogether. So I, I definitely agree with you. Oh, by the way, by the way, um, we mentioned Mahomes. How about Jalen Hurts in this game? Because he started Alabama, transferred to Oklahoma, Lincoln Raleigh turned the Heisman finalist, and then the Eagles drafted him, which and drafted him, and that draft pick raised some eyes Browns because of Carson Wentz there. And now, three years later, Jalen Hurts is in the Super Bowl. Could Jalen Hurts be Philadelphia's next underdog story with a win? Because, you know, Philadelphia's a city of underdogs. Rocky? Hello? Rocky? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely, of course he can. I mean, you win the game, you're you're the underdog hero. But at the end of the day, I, I think Jalen Hurts is the guy to watch in this football game. I mean, you think about kind of the, the profiles of these two teams, and it, it's offense versus offense. I mean, you know, both teams have some players on defense and they can make some plays. But when you think of these two teams, you think offense versus offense. And the biggest thing with the Kansas City Chiefs is that, Mahomes has the mobility. He can make a play happen, but he's hurt. He's banged up. How much can he move? How mobile is he, is he going to be? Are the, and, and from what I'm just thinking going into this game, the Chiefs are probably going to go with a passing offense, obviously, and, and get the ball out of Mahomes' hands. You don't want him to get hurt like he did earlier in the playoffs. You don't want to see Chad Henney on the field if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, but you still want him to be able to sling the ball. With the Eagles, they have more options. The Eagles have one of the one of, if not the best, offensive line in football. They also have Miles Sanders, who's had a very productive year rushing the football. And oh yeah, by the way, Jalen Hurts, who A has been very productive running the football and B very productive through the air. I mean, Jalen Hurts is the guy that I'm watching in this game saying, if he can run with success, 
If he, if Miles Sanders can run with success, and then obviously Jalen Hurts has to be able to throw the ball too, but you got two decent receivers in Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown catching passes from you on top of a very talented tight end. If if Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles can control the game, it's, I'm going to say the exact same thing I said about, uh, unfortunately, what the what – the, or I'm going to say the exact same thing about what I said about the Chiefs and the Bengals game last uh, two weeks ago. If the Eagles can run the ball with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders and they can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, that is the best chance you have of winning this football game because you know both offenses are going to want to do what they are going to be able to do what they want to do. But if you can limit the amount of opportunities that Patrick Mahomes has, that's to me, that's your best chance to win this football game. And you know, everybody, and by the way, the Eagles were number one in the NFL in sacks during the regular season. And the Eagles have no problem just sitting on the ball eight, nine minutes. Saw the end of the Giant game where literally they could just sit on the ball and the defense is helpless. Exactly. But it is time for a segment that Dylan has been very excited for. I have been very excited for myself. We are not ranting this week. It's Super Bowl week. We are too happy to be ranting. So what better thing to do than a little bit of trivia, Super Bowl trivia, to close us out today? Uh, am I starting first, Dylan? Am I asking first? or do you're, you asking, wanna... you're asking the question. All right, I'm asking the question. I have two. My first one is going to be, I don't know if you'll get this. I don't know if this is just something I know or if. I have two questions because the first one's kind of weird. It's kind of niche. Can you tell me where... The coin that is flipped for the opening coin toss for every Super Bowl is made. Can you tell me where they make that coin? That it's a very specific place. It's made in the same year. It's in, made in the same place every year, and it is a very specific coin for every Super Bowl. Do you know where that's made? Where that coin is made? The second one is more NFL actual trivia, but just it wouldn't curious. be Tiffany's where the Lombardi Trophy is made, right? It sure wouldn't be. What the heck kind of question do you come up with? I have an NFL one for after it, but it, it, this is a fun fact that I guess I know for a specific reason. But it is made in Melbourne, Florida at the Highline, Highland Mint. Just a fun fact, we talked about C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, representing Brevard County. The Super Bowl coin represents Brevard County every year at the Super Bowl. Just a fun fact. But as far as my trivia question goes, that was more of a fun fact. I'm going to hit you with the trivia question now. I want to know, Dylan, which college has produced the most Super Bowl starting quarterbacks? Not winning, because that is a different trivia question, but which college has produced the most Super Bowl starting quarterbacks. There's only one. There's no tie for first. There's one school that has the most. Oh, boy. <laughs> you got me thinking. What conference? Does I will give you a hint. I'm not going to tell you the conference, but I'll give you a hint. It is not a school that you would initially it's 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 not a major major program obviously they're d1 school but it's not a one it's not one of the top dogs that you would think of that's weird because the one i would have thought of would be hmm. 
they are D one. They are. I mean, they're they're a, a good program, but it is not one of like the. It's not one of the beasts of the of college football. Hmm. I can give you another hint if you want. Or I can give you some time to think about it. No, I need another hint. All right. Um, they're most. I would say they're most well known product is still currently playing and uh, he's very well known for going to the school it's not even it's not cow right it's not cow right it is it is university of california has produced five starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. Well, Aaron Rodgers is one of them. I don't have the five in front of me, <laughs> but I do know. Now, of those five quarterbacks who have started in a Super Bowl, only one of them has won the Super Bowl, which is a that fun fact. That's why, that's that why I said they're not, they're not the school that has produced the most winning Super Bowl quarterbacks, but they no, are. The I, was thinking, I was thinking Alabama. Alabama is second, tied for second. Alabama and Purdue both have had three starting quarterbacks in Super Bowl history. And, and I could probably and I could probably get the Alabama quarterbacks because I because Bolt Stolls won. Yeah. Stables won. And then who's the other one? I know you can name one of the Purdue ones, at least. Or two Brees. Yeah. Well, Bob Green Bob Greasy too. There you go. You're right. Um, okay, enough right. quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I've got one for you. You will not get this one. You probably Andy Reid is one of five head coaches to face his former team in the Super Bowl. Can you name one of the other four? One of the other four. He's one of five coaches to face his former team in a Super Bowl. My first thought is Don Shula, who previously coached. And Don Col Shula is not one of them. He's not one of them. Both were AFC teams. Let me think. A head coach that faced his former team in a Super Bowl. I. I've I've got uh, uh I've got the answer. You want you want this answer here? You are gonna you are gonna do a backflip here. Weeview Bank with the Colts and Jets Super Bowl three. Dan Reeves Broncos and Falcons. Falcons, yeah. John Gruden. Raiders. I was gonna say John Gruden. That was the that was the name that was in my head, but I was trying to think of. Wait, now I'm. I don't remember John Gruden going to the Super Bowl with the Raiders. That's what caught. That's what. Well, oh, face his former team. Oh, he didn't have to go to the Super Bowl. Okay, I would have had that. And the other one. Let me see if I can get this. Let me see if I can. There's one more. I'm looking. Da, 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 da. I think there's one more. Yeah, one more. So, 
Ultimately, Alex, who wins the Super Bowl? Um, it's so tough, Dylan. I, I really could see it going either way, but I'm putting my final answer as the Philadelphia Eagles. And Dylan? What? <laughs> who wins the Super Bowl? What do you mean, what? <laughs> Chiefs. All right. We're at odds. I love it when that happens. But I think that's about a wrap. That's about a wrap on um, the Big D podcast when it comes to speaking about, really, upcoming NFL games this season. Um, it's it's sad, man. I am not ready for football season to be over. Oh, I am excited about the Super Bowl, but Pete I'm not. Carroll was the, uh, by the way, Alex, Pete Carroll was the fourth coach. Ah, the Seahawks. Thank you. So, Alex, thank you for hopping on. Hopefully, one of our teams will be in uh, Las Vegas for the Super Bowl next year and uh, have me eat all the ball, buffalo wings we can, all, all the chicken wings we can, we can muster this weekend, right? There you go. It's been a pleasure as always, Don. Thanks for having me. And you know how it is. Fins up, baby. <laughs>